Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Today on the show, we got Jeff Patterson joining us. He is the CEO and founder of Gaggle, gaggle.com, which is a company that helps schools detect issues with students and really provide student safety. And I'll let Jeff talk about it more in the episode. He gets into it at the end of the episode, but some of the stuff that Gaggle does, I think it's uh, really important. I hope you guys all stick around to the end to hear specifically a powerful story that, that he shares on the show. But before we get into that, I do want to say, look, this show is brought to you by our agency. Um, that is Cave Social, the company that puts this on and also helps other businesses grow with social media. So if you're feeling stuck on social media, need some help, head over to cavesocial.com, hit that contact us. We'd be glad to help you out. All right. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get into this episode. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Today, I'm sitting with Jeff Patterson, and he is the CEO and founder of Gaggle. He's been at it for, we just did the, the math, 21 years. Uh, so he's definitely, definitely got the chops, and I'm, I'm excited to have him here and you know learn from him and hear his story. How you doing, Jeff? Well, I'm embarrassed, because 21 years, I feel like an old guy, right? <laughs> you know? I, in my defense, I was young and naive when I started. Okay, so I'm not as old as that implies. <laughs> hey, I, I love it. Uh, we get the whole range of guests, and I, I think in 21 years, you've seen it all: great economies, bad economies. Probably rode a couple waves in that time. So I'm, I'm excited to hear about it and uh, to lead into that. You know, we usually have guests come on and kind of give their backstory. So I'd love to hear. Talk me through your career. What brought you to founding Gaggle and kind of walk me through the, you know, the last couple of decades to where we're at now? All right. So look, I'll start by saying I'm a natural born entrepreneur, right? It was in my blood at age of four and I started many businesses. I'm actually not sure if you can train to be an entrepreneur. I think it's really for me, as again, I was born natively there. So I don't know how people, you know, train to become a Guatemalan, right? So I, I'm not even a fan of entrepreneur school. So Anyway, I'm leaving you that piece of controversy. You can, I know you're going to dig me on that one and sort of dig in on it, but the story. So I started many businesses when I was a kid, right? I had one business. I had one real job for one year of my life after college. I was an investment banker for one year. Miserable is not quite the right word, but it just wasn't for me. Then I started a business that was stupid, right? We were going to be the Michael Dell of fax machines, me and a friend, we got that business up to a million dollars of revenue with gross margins of about eight or nine percent. Terrible business, terrible. <laughs> um, but that's like business school, right? That's how you learn is by doing things. And you know, he and I would sit around in his two bedroom apartment where we sold these things from, and all day long we'd read Inc. magazine and Fortune magazine, debate different businesses, and answer the phone, and all the things you do as a young business person. Then after that, I started a company that. Uh, sold education, created and sold educational software, right? CD-ROM market back in the day. Then I had a company that was selling, I built some products for schools, for multimedia and schools. And, and I happened to be at a conference and I happened to ask a teacher, are you using email with your students? And she said, no, no, my school district would never let my kids have an email account. And this is where being a true entrepreneur really is. I asked the why questions, right? I've got big ears. I want to know. I'm curious. And what she said was, it, my district would be too afraid 
Like, who are the kids communicating? What are they talking about? How do we keep it safe? And because I was young and naive, I said, well, I'll solve that problem, right? And so that was the genesis of Gaggle. Very cool. And you started to see that. And I want to jump into a couple things. I definitely, I want to talk first. You know, you said it at the start, but you can't train to be an entrepreneur, which I, I believe this. I believe that not everyone's an entrepreneur, but an entrepreneur can come from anywhere. So I'm probably in line with you there. But what was there a moment that led you to think like, okay, no, some people are, you know, born with it for lack of a better term. Did you see somebody get forced into a role that they shouldn't have been in? Or what made you take that point of view on it? All right, so I'm extremely cynical, right? I, I'm optimistic and cynical. That actually makes a great entrepreneur. It's you gotta have the yin and the yang balance together. And I meet a lot of people who tell me they're an entrepreneur, right? And maybe they went and raised, they got a $2 million of funding because of venture capitalists are idiots. And they are idiots, by the way. And then they go around playing business. And that's not entrepreneurism to me, right? Entrepreneurism is about taking a risk and seeing unknown opportunities and struggling, right? I, if, an, if an entrepreneur is not struggling, then I, they don't get it. They don't know what there is. It, it's a passion, right? That it just burns inside of you that you have to build and create things. Yeah, I think it's, uh, one, I love the term playing business. I think that we're in a culture right now where people have an infatuation with playing business and people are just giving away equity for massive rounds of funding until their company burns into the ground and there's no profit. And it's like to talk about profitability is like the eighth sin of the world. And I'm just like, part of me, what do you, like, what do you mean? Oh, we have to talk about money at some point in this equation. And then two, I think you're right in the head is that like, one, in my experience, I haven't seen that many people who are okay with that much risk. And that's usually the entrepreneur who's like, okay, the, the problem is so big, I'm going to run towards it. I'm not even going to run. I'm not even going to get pushed towards it. I'm being pulled toward that problem that like, I don't even care. I need to solve it. And it's so weird. And it's something that's so hard to quantify in someone to be like, oh, you need to start your own company or you, you need to solve that up that problem. Right. So I find that really interesting. And I think that, you know, you kind of shown a light on that when you were talking about that conference. Jordan, let me tell you actually story of, the, of Gaggles. I think that'll highlight some of it. And God, with all those statements I just be, made, I better have some credibility to back myself <laughs> up, right? I wasn't brilliant then. I've, I've come to whatever brilliance I have. So when I started Gaggle, it was 1998, 1999. It was during the first dot-com boom. And I went and tried to raise venture capital, right? I went around to everybody and no one would invest in me. And I'm so grateful that they didn't, right? Because had I gotten money, I would have been out of business three years later, right? Instead, I was stubborn. I just kept building the company. Right now, we're 110 employees, right? We're profitable, very profitable. I'm growing 25% a year. I never gave away any equity, right? I, I mean, so a conventional wisdom, yo, you got to give away equity. Had I done so, I would have created so many headaches for myself. And so, you know, I come to the where I'm at from hard knocks and learning and experience. And and now, I, again, I'm, I'm a member of a group called Tugboat, and it's got a business philosophy called Evergreen. I don't ever plan to sell my company. I don't have an exit strategy, right? The path, the experience, the mission, the journey, that's what it's all about. I make plenty of money for my family. I'm happy. I do something meaningful, right? Why do I want to sell it and have a big pile of fiat currency that's going to be inflated away? It's so interesting. And one of the things you said there where you're like, I'm grateful that no one invested in me. It's so 
under discussed right now that people who take funding now they're dependent on the next raise and they spend you know a third so you have ceos spending a third of their time going around trying to raise money instead of trying to build a business and if taking that effort and that focus and being like i'm gonna cut all that noise out and i'm gonna build this thing you know it's something once again you can't quantify it but i really think that going out and being on continual rounds and raising is really to the detriment uh, of CEOs and is, is pulling people away from building up businesses, right? That So if that's something for listeners, if you're thinking about it and you're like, ah, you know, you're, you're getting caught up in the inc.com and oh, I'm not this company that's growing at whatever percentage per month. To your point, it's the long game. Entrepreneurship. I love that idea of the, the tugboat and being evergreen right is that like what are you gonna do if you sell your company wait go on a go to a beach in mexico you're gonna be it's gonna be good for like two two weeks and then you're gonna be like what's the next problem why would i what am i gonna solve now right but when you have investors in play they say okay it's exit time we want to see our returns so i i think that that is such a powerful message to entrepreneurs about staying resisting the urge to give away part of your company now you know, those on the flip side, VC firms can give you access to a lot of mentorship and a, a lot of tools and people that you may not have, you know, connections to. So talk to me about what did you do in the early days, you know, for mentorship or for, did you have somebody like a trusted advisor that you'd go to and be like, okay, I got this issue. Yeah. Walk me through what you did with regards to that. Just one point to make on that last piece around the getting venture capital. Do you know most baseball games aren't won on Grand Slam home runs, right? <laughs> it's a series of small base hits and doubles, right? So I tell entrepreneurs, and I learned this. So one of my early business partners, he married into a very wealthy family, right? I won't say the name, but they owned Hot Pockets. What are you going to have? A Hot Pocket, right? I remember we went out and met with her father, who is the CEO and founder, and he told us two things. He said, guys, it took me seven years to reach my two-year goals. Seven years. But once I hit those steps, those goals in seven years, things started to accelerate and grow upon themselves. And things went much faster. But it just takes a lot longer to become successful than you think. So that was lesson number one. Lesson number two was watching this factory where these giant chuck trucks of, of flour and ingredients are coming in and there's a giant hopper and these conveyor belts and all this stuff is manufacturing these hot pockets, you know, by the truckload. And he told us a story of how the conveyor system broke down. And he was like, oh my God, we can't build anything. It's going on for a couple of days. And he finally realized that money is for solving problems. And he said, I had money, so I just found the best person to fix this, flew them in from wherever they were and didn't worry about the cost because that's what money is for. So those two lessons have stuck with me and I try to tell people all the time about taking your time. Now on the topic of mentorship, when I started Gaggle, I did have a friend of mine who was a minority partner, Mike Kessler. You know, it was great to have somebody bounce ideas off of, right? You know, all partnerships though are like marriages that they eventually, you know, all marriages don't fall apart, but all partnerships generally fall apart. So know that if you're an entrepreneur, your partner is probably one of your biggest problems. They're an asset and a liability, but he was great along the way. And then I joined a CEO mentoring group called Vistage. And that I really credit a lot of my growth to being a part of Vistage for over 10 years. I still see my chair for one-to-one -one mentoring. In fact, I'm going to, he's, I'm going to meet with him today for two hours. 
it's that being a continual learner, right? Well, one on the partnership thing, you're totally right. I mean, I had three business partners at our agency and you know, last year we all, okay, everyone wanted, it was no hard feelings. It was like, great. We got to a point. People want to go their separate ways. Awesome. And go through those processes of buying people out and what have you. But you're right there. And for people who are thinking about starting a business and thinking like, oh, I need a co-founder. It's like, you, you don't need one. They're nice, but you can definitely go at it alone. And I think you should probably should if you can. Um, and look to other getting mentors than a co-founder. Exactly. Look to other yeah. avenues like that group Vistage, right? Or join a young professional group because it's so lonely when you start your own business. That's the one thing. You have employees and everything, but every entrepreneur I talk to, they're like, this shit gets lonely sometimes when you're trying to make a hard decision and you're like, you tell someone like, oh, I have this issue going on. And they're like, well, yeah, they don't even, they can't even compute it. They don't have the context. But if you go to another entrepreneur or you have a mentor, I found that those groups have really been a saving grace personally, just to be like, I'm not crazy. <laughs> it's so important. And then the last thing you said there, which is like, it's, I can't state it enough, be a continual learner. You're meeting still with your one-to-one, right? You're still going through and doing that. People have this idea that like, oh, once you have a successful company or that, great, now it's on autopilot and now you're just coasting. And I think that hearing you say that, it's just so true of like, you need to be the continual learner and push forward and really understand that you have those blind spots, right? Yeah. I'm continually being humbled by the things I need to do to improve to be a better leader. Now you can work on it, right? And you're the owner. How do you go about with your management team's kind of passing on some of those leadership lessons. Is there anything that you do structurally or maybe an organization that you've found that's been like, oh, that's been really useful? Or is there a deep philosophy at Gaggle that's like, you're saying, hey, this is what we're about. How do you kind of pass that down to people you know, in, in management positions? There's a lot there, right? And I'll sort of just pick a few pieces. Of course, we have core values. And of course, mine aren't like anybody else's, right? They're not generalities. Right. In terms of that, passing down some of the learning and development, right? Three of my direct reports also meet one to one with, with my mentor, David Harper, once a month. And then I've recently found another executive coach that I really believe in, Jeff Suderman. I'm giving some plugs for these guys. And they, four of my like second level leaders are meeting once a month with that leader. We've also done predictive index, which is a personality profile system across the whole company. And, and Dr. Jeff has basically done two rounds of training sessions with all of our people about developing self-awareness of ourselves and our personality and, and thought processes. And then another one around how do I read other people? How do I understand how other people are and how I'm showing up to them? So we're trying to basically be an organization that continues to grow and learn and grow our leaders. Very, very cool. And that's something too, if you grow the leaders, they're going to pass that on, right? And I, I love that idea of you having your direct reports actually go and start to meet with executive coaches. And there's this idea of sending the elevator back down, right? That I think is so important because that knowledge, that's only going to make Gaggle stronger. If you start to have your direct reports sit and meet with you know top level executive coaches, I'm sure they love it, right? Yeah, Jordan, they have to get better so I can get lazier. Right. I don't want to have to work hard. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the uh, that's the dream. And for everybody listening, I guarantee you, Jeff puts in the hours. You don't build a company up with uh, over 100 employees if you don't put in the hours. No, no. I, I got off the computer at midnight last night. It's true. 
Yeah, that's the the unseen part, right? People see a fancy office or they see a bunch of employees on LinkedIn or they see an award and they go, that must be easy. How long that take? It, you know, you kind of said it earlier. It's the, you hit your two-year goal seven years in. So you can't understate the importance of putting in that work. Before I let you go, right? I do want to talk a little bit about specifically what Gaggle does. For anyone who's listening, we have people in the education space who listen, but I want to give you the opportunity just to talk a little bit about the company what you all are doing moving forward. Let's hear it. All right, Jordan. So your audience are marketers. And so as a marketer, I think stories are powerful. So I'll tell you a story. This is a true story from one of our school districts in Wisconsin that we partner with. One morning they had a high school girl who logged into her school provided email account. It happened to be a Gmail account. She sent an email to her friend that said, if you get this message, this is goodbye. You should go on living. I just can't. It went on to say, I'll look down on you from heaven and I will strike down all of your bad boyfriends. So the what we do at Gaggles, we sit behind the school district's digital tools. It's mostly Google Classroom. We're pulling in the email, the Google Docs, anything the kids are uploading, collaborating, sharing on. We run it through technology to find things that are suspicious. And then we have people working 24 hours a day to review those suspicious items. And in this case, our safety person recognized this as a credible threat. So we called the school. The school called home. But they also sent a resource officer out into the building. And when the officer went into the girl's bathroom, the officer found her hanging in the school bathroom. They saved her. That's the great news. But we're told it was within about a minute of her passing away. And to give you some context, that story last school year, that's what we call lives saved. It's the most extreme ones that happened over 900 times. And we're looking for bullying, threats of fighting and violence lots of depression and cutting. So over 60,000 references, depression and cutting. And and all this is much worse now under COVID and remote learning. That's the story of Gaga. We help protect about four and a half million students across the United States. I love it. It's one of those things, you know, where making money is cool. Making a difference is cooler. And if you can do both, I think you've really hit the jackpot. And it, it's it doesn't sound like you're making a difference. You are making a difference. And I'll say that, you know, put that in stone because even just that story right there, I'm, I'm getting emotional listening to it, right? That's unreal. And I think that the world needs companies that think like that and see problems like that. So I appreciate you guys doing that. Now, Jordan, look, I could just as easily have been Mark Zuckerberg, Hugh Hefner, or a Mexican drug cartel leader, right? I'm just born to do these things. That's who I am. I love it. Well, Jeff, thanks for coming on today, man. Anyone who who wants to learn more about Gaggle, I will throw a link to their website in the show notes so you can head there. Once again, man, I really enjoyed this conversation. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Jordan. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I'll catch you next time. Oh.